up inquirers and welcome to an unconventional episode of inquiries of our reality i say that because today i want to do something a bit different the crypto community is vast with most of the spotlight being on the researchers it's not too often that the passionate people making cryptid art and merchandise get their time to shine but today i wanted to do just that for two huge staples in the crypto community whose work i'm sure you guys will recognize but before we get into this awesome episode today, got the uh, usual news updates and front of the house stuff. So uh, for anybody that hasn't already picked up on it, and I've been talking about it for a while now, and it is quickly approaching, I will be vending and speaking at the Snarly U Presents Cryptid Halloween 2 uh, Cryptid Festival and Halloween Craft Show. That will be October 28th from 12 to 6, and that will be at the American Legion in Charlestown, West Virginia. Uh, there is some more info for this event down in the uh, show description. It will be a free event, it will be a lot of fun, and it will be the first time that I've been able to speak at an event. And it won't just be me, it will be my awesome co-host Orn from Bizarre Encounters. And uh, we have three different live shows set up that we're going to be doing. Uh, the first one is going to be us doing a presentation on a topic that uh, I guess will be announced the day of the event. Uh, the second will be an interview that we'll be doing, uh, talking with some uh, local investigators that check into the whole uh, wizard clip phenomenon that happens in West Virginia. And then the third show will be a free form for anybody to be able to share their encounters and make it so everybody can come up and talk about their encounters. We can break them down. Uh, we can shine some light of some stuff that we may have come across in our research on some of these. And uh, for anybody that may not want to share their encounter, I will have a notepad uh, at the table that I'll be vending at. So if anybody wants to come up anonymously and uh, leave one of their encounters, we can read it out loud uh, when we start presenting, leave all your names out and everything like that. And uh, I didn't actually make this offer, but to all you guys out there, if you guys want to get involved in this, even if you may not be able to attend the event, uh, if you guys send me some of your encounters, I'd love to share them at this event. And uh, I will be doing this as a live feed also, as long as I can get everything set up properly. So if you guys aren't able to make it out, you guys should still be able to catch it. And no matter what, I will be recording everything. So it may partly get dropped as episodes, but we'll probably release the full video for everything out there on YouTube. So there will be an opportunity for all you guys to be able to see it, even if you guys can't come. But I'd love to see you guys there. Hopefully you guys can make it. And if you guys are planning on coming, uh, please let me know because I'd love to know you guys by face and name already before you get there because I want to be able to hang out and get to know you guys a bit more. So uh, yeah, if anybody needs any info for that, like I said, free event, it's down in the show description. 
And as I'm sure you guys have seen, the new logo for Inquiries of All Reality has now dropped. So I wanted to give a special thank you to Chris from Conspire Theory for putting that one together for me. It's all original art. He did an amazing job on it. And uh, soon enough, I should have that up on the merch store if anybody is interested in getting a new t-shirt with the new logo and design on it. But I'm in love with it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So again, thanks, Chris, for putting that together for me. But if anybody's interested in getting any kind of art done, um, obviously, Chris does an amazing job at it. So I highly recommend going and hitting him up if you guys need anything. And uh, moving on to the front of house stuff. If you guys haven't left a review or rating for the show, I would definitely appreciate it. It's an awesome way to make it so that the show gets seen by more people and helps the algorithms out so it pushes the show up and, again, will help the show to continue to grow. If you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, that I will read on the show and give you guys a big shout-out. Uh, I know there's a lot, of you, a lot of you guys who have left a rating for the show on Spotify, and I more than appreciate it. Unfortunately, I'm not able to see all your guys' names, so I can't give you guys big shout-outs, but... If anybody wants to, you guys can also send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what you guys think of the show. And uh, if you guys are on the Android side listening on Spotify, then I can always share those messages on the show, which I'd love to do and give you guys a shout out. And we're in the process of that. If you think anybody will enjoy the show, uh, don't forget to share the show with people through word of mouth. It's another awesome way to help the show grow. And if you're not already following the show on social media, don't forget to check me out over on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Discord, and Telegram. Instagram and Facebook are the ones I'm the most active on. Those are under inquiries of our reality. Um, Bizarre Encounters, that one's on its own account for those things. But as far as uh, YouTube, TikTok, Discord, and Telegram go, uh, those are all the Open Minds Media ones. So that's set up for both shows. So if you're looking for inquiries or you're looking for Bizarre Encounters, uh, you guys will find both of those all in one place, all under Open Minds Media on YouTube, TikTok, Discord, and Telegram. And I'm always trying to build up those chat rooms and everything over there. So if anybody wants to hop in, I more than appreciate it. Uh, don't be discouraged to start up a conversation. Uh, it goes in spurts. It's sometimes a little bit more active than other times, but the only way it's going to be continuously active every single day is if you guys hop in, have some conversations, and then I can kind of bounce in as uh, as I have the ability to do so because I am kind of busy throughout the day with the family. But I get around to everything at night and I really respond to all you guys. So don't be afraid to uh, hop in and share some of your ideas over there. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're a ufologist, cryptozoologist, paranormal investigator, uh, abductee, experiencer, author, folklorist, researcher, whistleblower, or any other type of open-minded individual, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you on the show. So shoot me a message on Instagram. Like I said, that's the one I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast.outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Uh, make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that I get. Um, I do send out a lot of links for the show. So unfortunately, a lot of my emails get sent to the spam or junk folder because they assume that I'm just one of those spammers that's sending out links and everything, not realizing that I'm trying to run a podcast over here, of course. And uh, if you guys haven't already checked out Bizarre Encounters, I know I was talking about it with uh, the event that's coming up. Uh, don't forget to go and check that show out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, totally different format than this show. This is obviously more of like the interview style, open conversation style show. Over there, we do some deep dives. We do a bunch of our different research over there. Uh, it originally started as more of an interview show, but it's quickly transitioned into more of like a deep dive show where we have a lot of fun and make some jokes along the way. So if that sounds like something that might interest you, don't forget to go and uh, follow Bizarre Encounters anywhere that you guys can. Make sure you add it to your regular rotation as far as podcasts go. And uh, if you guys want to keep tabs on both shows and everything else that I might do in the future, uh, I do have an Instagram and a Facebook, of course, set up for Open Minds Media. So make sure you keep tabs over there. Follow all three pages. It'd be the absolute best. And I'd more than appreciate it from you guys. 
And if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can go and join the uh, awesome ranks of the Patreon members I got going over there. I know I've been listing them on a bunch of shows, and I love and appreciate all you guys. So I'm not just going to keep running the list throughout the shows, but you guys know who you are, of course. And uh, if you guys join the Patreon, you guys will get things such as ad-free episodes of the show, early access to the show, uh, lives of the show, live replays of the show, which is the video format of the show, and exclusive merch store discounts. And I'm always willing to add and do different things as far as the uh, Patreon goes. So if there's anything that you guys would love to see as far as the Patreon goes, don't be afraid to send me a message, throw your thoughts and ideas, because I'd love to make that as user-friendly and give you guys as much of what you want as possible. But the only way I'm ever going to be able to do that is with feedback from you guys out there. So more than appreciate if you guys are willing to do that. And uh, you guys can also donate to the show directly through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate to the show, let me know that you did, and I'll give you guys a big shout-out on the show because it's more than appreciated because all of that is going back towards the show to help the show continue to grow, make it so that I can go to more events, be able to meet you guys some more, get some new pockets of listeners. Uh, All goes back towards the show because I want the show to be as successful as possible and try to give as best of a platform as I possibly can for the guests that come on the show. So by doing all that kind of stuff, it'll make it so that I'm able to get some more bigger guests on the show and make it so that I can produce even more awesome content for you guys. And uh, like I was mentioning with one of the perks that you get for the Patreon, there is the Open Minds Media Merch Store. Over there, you can get merchandise for Increase of All Reality and Bizarre Encounters and any of the new cryptid designs that end up dropping in the future. Uh, I do have the Squonk design, but unfortunately, I don't think that'll drop on the merch store just yet because I'm planning on revamping the merch store. Um, There is the new Increase of All Reality logo that will be dropping very soon. But when that goes to drop, I'm going to revamp the... uh, whole entire merch store. So I'll probably deactivate the old store, start up a new store, make it so the designs, everything are a little bit better, a little bit more organized on there. So keep your eyes and ears out for that because that will be something that's happening very soon. And if you guys, of course, join the Patreon and then you go pick up something from the merch store, you'll get yourself a little bit of a discount, which is always a good thing, of course. And uh, if you guys aren't able to support the show in any of those ways, don't forget to support the show through word of mouth, um, interacting the community, letting me know what you guys think of the show, giving me some kind of feedback and all that kind of stuff. Um, even just sending me a message saying that you guys really enjoy the show. Cause I know I say this on every single show, but, um, you know, I've seen a lot of shows come and go in the time that I've been around and the saving grace for a lot of those shows may have been just sending some messages, interacting with them, uh, letting me know that you're out there. Cause we see all the numbers. We don't necessarily know all of you guys faces and names as much as we'd love to, but the only way that that's ever going to happen is with you guys breaking the ice first, letting us know that you're out there. So don't think you guys have to donate to any kind of shows, anything like that. Just knowing you guys are out there and appreciating the show is more than enough. And that goes for not just this show, but any podcast you guys enjoy. Don't forget to let your favorite podcasters know how much you enjoy their show, because that's the only way they're going to stick around forever. And they're going to be able to keep producing awesome content for you guys. And while we're talking about supporting other creators, guys, don't forget to go and check out Crypto Theology. Joe's killing it over there, as usual, with his cryptid-related merch designs. Uh, he recently dropped a Jersey Devil design, which is pretty damn awesome. And he will be vending with me at the Cryptid Halloween event. And uh, so, you know, if you guys are already planning on coming out there and seeing me, you guys can also go and scoop some awesome shirts from Joe. And one of the new designs he's dropping is a Snarly U design in honor of the Snarly U putting on this event. Not the literal Snarly U, but Dave, awesome guy, of course. Got to give him a shout out on the show. So don't forget to uh, go and support all of your favorite creators. And again, come to this event and support all of us all in one place. That's always the best possibility. And get to we can make it so we can all get to know each other because we want to pull you guys into the community, of course, because we love all you guys out there for supporting all the stuff that we do. 
And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, is all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, Joe from Crypto Theology and Lisa from Cryptid Comforts. How's it going today, guys? Spectacular. How are you? Great. Not too bad. Happy to finally get both you guys on the show. As the listeners know, I've been talking about Joe forever. And Lisa, I recently got to meet you at your guys' awesome event you put on, uh, Squonkapalooza, of course. But, you know, a little bit different than the average show because you guys do so much in the community. I wanted to be able to have the opportunity to have you guys on, spotlight you guys as guests, and be able to talk about all the different stuff that you guys do and get your hands in. So I finally got you guys to both come on the show, so I'm happy that we made it work. I'm glad too. I'm here at one of my rare podcast appearances. See, somebody beat me to the Where punch you with are. you, Joe. There was somebody else who had you guys on first. It was a uh, sort of devilry. Yep. Cryptids of the corn, right? Yep. Oh, Those Cryptids of the two. corn beat me to the punch too. Ooh. They yeah. Did. They they were trying to get me since like the first time I met them, so I, I finally succumbed to their charm. I see how it is, Joe. I see how it is. All <laughs> you, know, you had to do with that. Buddy, all you had to do was ask. Well, I, I tried know to get that. him to go on a bunch of podcasts, and he was like, "Nope." <laughs> He's like, "You're doing them. I'm not." Yeah. yeah, I didn't really want to do too many of them unless I knew people. When I when I didn't know anyone that was doing them too well, I kind of like stayed low key away from most of it. But you know, when I started to get to know people, and then I they're supporting me, and I want to support them, and if they want to have me on the chat, I was all for it. It's kind of like I'd rather talk to my friends that I know now in the community. Dude, I felt like it was needed to have you both you guys on to, all together, but especially to Joe. Like a long time ago, I felt like I should have had you on because I've been talking about crypto theology since like almost like the start of my show. And somehow we just never came around to it. But I'm glad that it waited till now because now I'm able to have both you guys on at the same time. So it's just even even more fun of a conversation getting both you guys together because you guys unintentionally, I feel like, became counterparts of each other now. Well, we work well together, and as co-hosts of Squonkapalooza, we've, you know, been kind of presented more and more together as a team, so, yeah. We're always kind of there, and people are like, oh, you're here, where's Lisa? Or, you know, Lisa, <laughs> where's Joe? So it's like, we don't go to every show together, we live 4,000 miles apart. Exactly. <laughs> I assume that you guys lived somewhat close together up until, like, a couple weeks ago. Just because of the fact that I associated you guys together, you guys are both doing Squonkapalooza, and especially you, Lisa, considering that your like main thing is the squonk, and you have like the squonk you dress right. up as. I honestly, one hundred percent, thought that you were from Pennsylvania. A lot of people do think that, and uh, no, Squonkapalooza came about. I was actually, uh, you know, talking to Joe one day, and this was before we'd even met in person. Uh, we were talking about Hodag Festival because we were both going to be at that meeting in person for the first time. And I was like, yeah, I was like, somebody needs to do a squonk event. And he's like, all right, let's do it. It's like, really? So that's how it all started. So, yeah. So I would love to get into Squonkapalooza, and we definitely are going to do that. Oh, we will. And talk about hopefully it happening again next year. But before that, for anybody that may not be familiar with both you guys, and if somebody isn't familiar with at least crypto theology, because I talk about it in every episode, I don't know where the hell you've been, or you've been skipping my intros, <laughs> but at least you guys got to fill the listeners in a little bit on what you guys do and how you guys got to the point of doing it, I guess. Oh. Wh whoever would like to go first, totally your guys' call. Go for it, Lisa. 
Okay, uh, so I am Cryptid Comforts. I specialize in cryptid-themed, handmade stuffies. Um, but I do a bunch of other stuff now. I've written a children's book called Why So Sad Squonk. Um, I have a whole big line of products, keychains, pins, tumblers, all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm launching a new dog toy, a Mothman dog toy that I'm super excited about and doing a Kickstarter for. Throw that in there. <laughs> I can add the link into the show description too if anybody wants to check that out. And I do also have to throw it in that the first cryptid book I ever bought for my daughter because she got into cryptids, you know, because of me doing my show and everything was actually your book. And I actually have it down on the shelf. And that was the first cryptid oh, book she had awesome. read. So, and also for all the listeners that don't see the visuals, I do have a box up on top of my cabinet that has a good like eight of your stuffies in it, which I showed you before the show. Well, thank you. I am honored to be a part of any podcaster studio it's always fun to uh see my stuff in people's rooms when we do these it's so cool i just wish the camera went higher so people could see it more often it's like you can only see the bottom half of it <laughs> but i've posted them all on my page so anybody that's paid attention to my pages on instagram i'm sure that every time i go to an event they see me come back with at least one thing from yours <laughs> oh well thank you i appreciate that and I think what we just finally got to meet at Small Town Monster Fest. Like I randomly yeah. came up to your table and you didn't even know who I was until like I messaged you after that event. And I'm like, hey, I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because when I first saw Joe, I was talking to uh, Jeff from Strangeology and I was on the opposite side of you. And Joe came up and was like, hey, Shane, what's it, how's it going, man? So it's like if I would have been on the opposite side of the table, then maybe the dots would have been connected. But they just weren't at that time. <laughs> There was so much going on at that event anyway. It was so busy. I couldn't keep up. So it's, it's hard doing events by yourself when they're that busy. Say Joe was swamped all day and he even had my giant bag of shirts sitting on his table for like 90% of the day. Santa Claus <laughs> bag for you. <laughs> so Joe, for anybody that doesn't listen to my intro, got to fill them in on what you do too, man. And for anybody also doesn't watch visually and notice that I have 90% of my wardrobe is your shirts. Well, if they're not listening to your intro, Shane, shame on them. <laughs> but, but, uh, I am Joe from Crypto Theology, and I am a t-shirt guy. So I have my own art that I put on mainly t-shirts. I sell posters. I have trading card sets, multiple stickers and tumblers now. Uh, just an assortment of things that I like to kind of mix up pop culture stuff. But I have a lot of original art, but definitely influenced by comic books and horror movies and punk music and metal music and just all sorts of retro vibes. That's kind of my thing. And I started doing it when, you know, COVID kind of gave everyone a different kind of feel in life. And, and it, you look back and kind of a lot of people inner reflect and said, hmm, I need to do something different. And that was kind of my feel. And I put it out there and it just started taking off and, been doing it for about two years now and i know i i think shane you've been a supporter pretty early on when we were talking back and forth because you're like dude i want you to do some art for me or some logo stuff or some shirt stuff and you know I, you and lisa and a couple other people like ben from the hodag store were definitely early adopters of my stuff and influenced me to hey i can kind of do this and there's some cool people in the community and just kind of spread that vibe that's kind of what i've been pushing I didn't even notice that I caught you that early. Like I accidentally came across you on Instagram and I saw your shirt designs and I just messaged you out of shits and giggles. Like, Hey, 
do you want to like team up or something? Like, I didn't think you were even going to like accept it or anything like that. Like, you know, I saw that other people kind of had some stuff worked out with like some other people that are doing merch and everything. And it kind of, it was a cool thing that I ended up catching you, I guess, early. And for the most part, it seems like, you know, I've been the main one that's talked about you on my show and stuff. So also I didn't realize I called you that early. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty early on just kind of getting started and doing shows and yeah, certain people I met pretty early on and have been friends ever since. And that's kind of what also makes it awesome is the cryptid community is so awesome and there's so many cool people in it and getting to travel travel all over the place. And Lisa, I know you probably have the same thoughts on this, but you go to whatever show you go to and whatever, right. you know someone, they're happy to see you. Exactly. No, I love my cryptid community. It's so awesome. And as someone who travels, because I was living West Coast when I started all of this in uh, Portland, Oregon, actually was where I was living first uh when i first started touring i was living in washington state uh and now i live in colorado so i just drive all over to do events everywhere and i meet people everywhere i go and it's awesome slowly Uh, moving to the east (laughs) (laughs) slowly moving to the east step by step each day working on it it. because most of the cryptid events happen out east we had a few west coast ones uh that were great but I mean, now living in Colorado, I didn't even do the West Coast ones anymore. Um, I just do East because that's where most of the great events are. I mean, I feel like West Coast is primarily probably all Sasquatch stuff, right? Where like over here near like Appalachia, that's where you get into all the like weird stuff where there's all these different types of creatures. Yeah, like we had Oregon Bigfoot Festival. We had a great UFO festival in Oregon. Uh, A couple of things out on the coast, a a UFO one and a Bigfoot one. And then... uh, up in Upper Washington on the Canadian border, actually, there's another cool Bigfoot event out there. So, and somewhere, oh, and Forks does a new Bigfoot event now too that I never got to go to. And I think so. They have, um, I think it's Portland area, maybe somewhere in Oregon close by. They have CooperCon, so they have a DB Cooper convention. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know they had a con for DB Cooper. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wouldn't have assumed that either. That's interesting. Is it just a bunch of people like sharing their maps? Like, I think I know where it's at. <laughs> I, it looks like to me, it looks like the old '90s style comic conventions in a hotel lobby. So, hmm. I, I like the vibe. That's awesome. I'm going to be totally honest with you. My first brush with knowing who that was, was from Without a Paddle. Are you guys familiar with that movie? Absolutely. No. It's pretty much like these, uh, this group of friends, they talk about trying to find the treasure forever. And one of their friends passes, and then the three of them decide to go on the camping trip, and they get into a bunch of shenanigans. But yeah, that was the first time I ever heard of D.B. Cooper. I never saw the movie, but I think Seth Green is in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the movie. The first one's the only one worth seeing. The ones after that aren't that great. But one of the best There's one-liners that I use constantly came from that movie, and that's, where are we? We're at the corner of butt fuck and you got a purdy mouth. <laughs> 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 I use that one all the time when I'm driving in BFE. <laughs> I remember Deep Cooper from Unsolved Mysteries. That's like, as a kid, that was the show. That was the shit to get new stuff, like, crazy monster cryptid ufo crossover stuff that, that was a great show i don't remember where i first heard of db cooper but i do know it's been referenced in some tv shows and things like that but i don't um, know where i first heard of it when they did the the loki tribute to db cooper in loki season one man i, I about flip shit because that was amazing because i'm like oh man he's db cooper it makes sense it was a dare <laughs> 
<laughs> so quick, quick thing then for any of the listeners that might not be aware of who that is, what the whole phenomenon is with that. Joe, you seem like you're pretty familiar with it. Do you, do you mind sharing like it was just a quick run over of the story? Yeah. So he kind of became a folk hero in, I'm trying to think it was the, what was sixties or I think I can't remember the date off the top of my head, even though I have it on one of my shirts, but, uh, <laughs> He, the, the story goes that the most common story was that he was some kind of like factory worker, maybe ex-military. He got fed up with the man kind of thing, and he wanted to stick it to the man. So he hijacked a plane, said he had a bomb on the plane. They, I think they landed, and he refueled. He asked for certain stipulations. He wanted... I think three or four parachutes, X amount of money of unmarked bills. And, you know, this was a November night. He was flying between Portland and I can't think of where it was off the top of my head. But he was flying. They were flying on the plane and he opened the back hatch because this was like an old military style, but it was a cargo or carrier plane, like a passenger plane. But the back latch would drop down and that's how the people would load in to this particular model of plane, but he dropped down the latch with the stairs. He had a martini. They said had a clip on tie, threw it in the air. James Bond. He put the backpack on with the, the, or the parachute on, had the duffel bag with money, jumped out of the plane, disappeared into the night. No one knows whatever happened to him. They said they found some parts of a parachute over the years. They said they found some of these uh, unmarked, bills in the river down there where he was supposedly but the man just kind of disappeared into the night what's your theory do you think that he made it obviously nobody knows for sure but i I like to hope that he made it (laughs) i want to say that for someone if they were in the military and they were a paratrooper at that time and it seems pretty logical that this guy would have worked in a factory or something along those lines that that's just kind of how that went about he probably had hundreds of jumps anyway so yeah. You know, he's in a suit and tie, but, you know, maybe he had this all planned out and had it marked. He probably, the logical thinking in me says he probably landed in a tree or crashed and broke his leg in the middle of the night because he still didn't see anywhere. But, you know, the the romantic in me says he got away with it. Hey, I mean, those paratroopers, though, they'd be dropping in into the, like, the middle of the jungle, like in the middle of the night. So, I mean, he may have some more skills than people gave him credit for. You know, he could have had a flashlight, you know, some kind of small flashlight in his suit coat, whatever, that put it in his mouth when he was jumping to see where he was landing. He maybe knew the territory, knew where the river bends were, where the soft, like, river shore was. But, you know, he just could have been tracking time on his watch for the flight, made the flight a few times. But kind of a fun folk hero story for a lot of people, they said. If there ever were a cryptid that was a human, it would be D.B. Cooper. (laughs) Dude, the martini thing, though, that gets me. That just sounds like some straight James Bond shit, especially he was in the suit. He's just like, shaken, not stood. No, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Like, he was so calm. All the passengers got off and he just had like the minimum people, like the uh, flight attendant and the pilots when they took off from the the first landing point. You know, he just kind of scared them into it. Here's my demands. And then disappeared, didn't hurt anyone. See, he seems like he was fully planned. So that's why I'm hoping and thinking that he made it. Because, I mean, even if he did, there's a good chance that he probably isn't alive now anyways. But (laughs) Right. 
there was a documentary recently, I believe it was on Netflix. It was maybe a four or five parter that was them trying to figure out if some of these suspects were possible DB Cooper, you know, aliases. So they went through this whole list of them and a couple of them ended up passing away recently between then and now one of them almost bid on a book deal, but how are you going to ever know there? The only description of him were from the people that saw him on that plane, the handful of people. And if you see someone in a crowd or if you see someone in any situation for a couple of minutes, how are you ever going to remember their specific look unless you have a photographic memory? So he, he could have just shaved for this specific thing he could have you know lost some weight over the course of a year so that he wasn't recognizable there's so many variants and possibilities but i like to believe that he got away with it and stuck it to the man (laughs) see he left a suit down on the ground and most people have seen him but he's actually hiding as a sasquatch (laughs) he was (laughs) he was the patterson gimlin film So, uh, kind of bouncing back into all the different cryptid stuff, of course. And Lisa, if you want, you can go first on this one. Uh, what inspired you guys specifically to like get into doing cryptids in particular? Um, so for me, it was kind of an accident. Um, it was 2016, I think, 2015 or 2016, uh, the year of the first Oregon Bigfoot Festival in, uh, in Troutdale there when, I was teaching uh, for a summer discovery program at the time at the Portland Jewish Academy, and I came up with a class called Unicorns, Dragons, and Bigfoots, Oh My. And uh, so in researching for the class, for what I was going to teach kids about, I started listening to podcasts about cryptids, and uh, the Hidden Creatures podcast uh, was my favorite. And it started, you know, opening me up to a whole new world of cryptozoology that I wasn't really familiar with. Like, I knew about Bigfoot and Mothman and Loch Ness Monster, but as I got deeper into it, I was like, oh, this is fun. And so I went to the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. That was my first year vending there. And uh, at the time, I was making regular stuffies, um, sock monkeys and things like that. So uh, I did a few Bigfoots and stuff like that. And you know, I'm very crafty. I make all kinds of weird stuff. So I kind of just anything that I came up with for things that we were going to make in class, I'm sold at my event too. And I did really well at the event. I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. And so I got more into making cryptids and eventually cryptids took over by 2017. I had a new business name and that's when cryptid comforts was born. And then, uh, Joe, how, how about you? When did, uh, what, what got you into cryptids specifically? I've been in the cryptids all my life. I never really thought I could make a career of kind of doing this stuff, but it, it started with comic books, believe it or not. Like one of the earliest things was unsolved mysteries. Comic books had some crossover stuff with the Wendigo character and the alpha flight character Sasquatch and some crazy fantasy stuff in different books like Excalibur and stuff like that. So that was kind of first introduction. There were some little grocery store mini magazines called i think unexplained mysteries that always had these little brief descriptions and tales of encounters with things like mothman and and skinwalkers and werewolves and different things and you know i i did my own comic stuff for a while i never really like it like to do licensed characters but the fun thing with most of cryptid things is that they're part of folklore and stories they're they're not like 
bull really. So you have your free reign interpretations to do stuff with it. And that's where I kind of crossed over my influences with, okay, well, you got Mothman, but let's make him look like he's a garbage pail kid trading card. <laughs> you got the EC comics style with the Kecksburg design kind of thing. So I can kind of still do my comic stuff and, you know, kind of full on throw the art out there. And I was one that I worked as a graphic designer for about 18 years, you know, doing other people's stuff and working for a local company with, you know, you do a lot of school logos and football designs and all sorts of random stuff. And you get some cool things that popped up, but it helped to have that design so that I could, that design experience so that I can kind of implement that too with my crazy wild t-shirt style, which was always kind of loose and a little more vintage retro punk rock DIY look to it. And I just kind of kept that aesthetic with what I do now. You know, you got like the serial designs with the cryptids and comic book crossovers like spider moth and stuff like that. <laughs> unlike Lisa, not crafty, but I'm more of an illustrator at heart. So that's where I bring that to the table. Speaking of uh, the serial ones, they actually added, what's the new one? Car- Carmelita something. There's a new cryptid monster or er, serial monster this year. So you got to, you got to add a sixth design now. You're, you're not the first person that said that. So I have that in there. I've been trying to float out ideas for a unique kind of female cryptid to kind of make tribute to her, but she's only in her first year. So I don't think she deserves a design yet. Unless we'll see if she lasts. You could do Patty. I mean, female Sasquatch, eh? just an idea. There you go. And then uh, I've been I've been juggling. If I want to push that one or not? I don't know. She's too new for me to want to throw a tribute out there for. Hey, man! Unfortunately, I mean, even Fruit Brood, he didn't last too too long. They need to bring that yeah, one back. They did. He Fruit Brood and Fruity Yummy Mummy came back the last couple of years. See, I haven't they seen did. them this year because they've dropped that new one, though. Unfortunately, they did like the yeah. mix cereal, but I haven't seen like those two on their own good. in a while. Oh. It was kind of, I want to say pre-COVID, right before that is when they had the Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy, which were pretty much almost the same cereal. So they would release them at a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody remember that fun story about, uh, which was it Frankenberry and Booberry, where when they first released them, they were like turning kids' poop the color of the cereals. They had yeah. to like remake the cereal because people were having panic attacks because their kids were having like weird color <laughs> bathrooms. <laughs> they had red and blue poop. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you eat them in burst? You're going to have like striped fecal matter. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Put and tell with Count Chocolate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you didn't even realize that the whole time Count Chocolate has been dying the shit out of you, but you can't tell. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and to take it away from poop humor, of course, Lisa. <laughs> so the squonk, of course, is you're kind of like your, I'd say your main focal point of like everything that you do to the point where you say that you're like anything squonk pretty much sells out for you. Um, considering that I thought you were from Pennsylvania and that's why you had such a big interest in the squonk. Uh, like what, what was, what is your, like your main interest where you kind of got into the squonk? Was it something you fell into or is it something that you just really enjoy yourself or? So I, you know, I constantly making new things and creating new stuff. And 
when I, you know, shortly after getting into making hodags is when, you know, I was like, oh, this book, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwood. So the lumberjack folklore creatures, which, I mean, technically the squonk isn't a cryptid, but it's a folklore creature. But there's those lines are getting crossed and blurred all over the place these days. Um, so we said that. I don't agree with it, but it's okay. <laughs> I make a bunch of, uh, you know, the folklore creatures too, but the squonk, uh, just reading about the squonk, I, I fell for the little guy. And uh, everything I do starts off as a stuffy, um, or at least everything cryptid that I do starts out as a stuffy. So I made the squonk stuffy first to be released at the 2021 CryptidCon. Uh, so I made a handful of them for that event. And then uh, I wrote start i came up with the idea for the children's book around that time um and started working on that that was released in 2022 um uh, me and my friend brandy the amazing miss brandy hale who uh i don't know if you got a chance to meet her at squonkapalooza shane but she uh was our town troubadour for the event but i made her work my booth most of the day <laughs> i think i may have talked to her then music. Brandy yeah, she was is supposed to be playing music throughout the park, and she ended up running my booth instead. <laughs> she's amazing, and she was my co-author on the book. So she's a professional singer-songwriter. Um, so I worked with her, and she's always very inspiring, too. So, But yeah, the squonk just kind of, it's, I think, the most relatable of, of the creatures, because everyone feels a little squonky sometimes. Um, so I think... You know, that soft spot of, you know, this guy needs some body positivity and I can relate to that because I also <laughs> have issues with with that. So I think uh just kind of fell into the squonk being my character because I wrote the book, really. Uh, so writing the book and then I got the mascot suit because it was fun. I'm very inspired by Ben of the Hoodag store. <laughs> he, uh, he really has uh, inspired me to get a little little different and crazy and go mascotting and do weird shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a good friend. <laughs> I mean, at least as far as the squonk goes, even if it is a real thing, like you would never know because according to the folklore of it, if you catch one, it just turns into a bag of liquid yeah so it's like even if somebody did catch one (laughs) yeah you never even know but i mean like there's two sides to it too that either one it was it was actually theoretically could have been a real thing or two uh the person that wrote the original book that we first referenced in um brain found his first name but his last name's cox c-o-x uh he was um really into like forest conservation and that happened after like the civil war and everything when like most of Pennsylvania's forest got cut down to produce like fortifications and stuff. So he, I think that even if it isn't necessarily a real thing, it definitely serves a really good purpose in the aspect of he was trying to conserve the, st- the forest by writing all of these different uh, memoirs about these different creatures. So, I mean, it's fascinating from two angles that one, it took a mascot in order to have people actually care to preserve the woods and then, two, the other side of it is that thing has touched base on so much other folklore. Like, there's even a Paul Bunyan story that they supposedly catch a squonk and somebody bring, puts in a bag and then it turns into a bag full of tears, too. So, it's like, even in some of the America's, like, tall tales, the squonk even yeah. makes an appearance. But um, I was going to say, as far as, like, uh, relatable cryptids, too, 
Uh, one thing that I've kind of noticed about people, kind of like you said, is that everybody's favorite seems to be something that they relate to the most. Like for all the listeners who've been around listening to me, obviously everybody can kind of tell my favorite's the Sasquatch. And the reason for that, of course, is because I have like a want to be in the woods. I have this like, you know, it's like you fantasize about being able to just go off and live in the woods and be completely like off grid. And essentially like, that's kind of what Sasquatch is doing. So like I can completely relate with that whole thing. Cause I even go by Shane Squatch on bizarre encounters. So it's like you kind of <laughs> live into your mascot role. <laughs> and then I guess with that also, I got to ask Joe too, what's, what's your favorite cryptid? I'm assuming it's Mothman, but I guess I could be wrong on that one. No, you are right. I am a Mothman guy probably because he's kind of, the most comic booky in my mind. I feel he'd be a member of the X-Men. <laughs> uh, but also when they were filming Mothman prophecies and I was going to school outside of Pittsburgh at the time, they were filming some of it in our, well, they, they were filming it close to our school, but they had our parking lot backed up and sanctioned off that we couldn't even park in it. But uh, they were filming some of that there. So there's always that connection of like, Oh, there's, this Mothman movie filming right here. Like I didn't get to be a part of anything of it, but a little more tie in with me about, Hey, it was right there happening at the time. And when the movie come out, you always have that in your mind. You're like, Oh, these parts were filmed when I was out there in school and in, you know, yeah. less than a hundred yards from where our school was. And we never got to re- meet Richard gear, unfortunately, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mothman, he's kind of, um, he feels like a comic character and some kind of like premonition, like a little bit of like an alien mutant type of character. And that's relatable to me. That's something that I grew up with loving the X-Men and he fits in that mold. See, he's just that un undiscovered being kind of like a nightcrawler, for example, you know, like he looks weird and everybody's like, Oh no, he's some kind of creature, but realistically he's just a misunderstood mutant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> speak to him he doesn't speak any language that you know so that's kind of the thing in the movie in the in the book where his communication is lacking because no one understands him and it just messes with people's mind and, and they think that he's trying to you know implant these things into their minds and they, he can't warn these people because how can he he can't communicate mm-hmm. mothman speaks perfect english he just chooses not to speak <laughs> <laughs> i think he- a West Virginia accent. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that sounds like off the top of my head, but I want to hear it. You're about to do a parody. I got to hear it. <laughs> All right. So we got Mothman. He's, you know, going to wash his loincloth. He goes down outside of his cabin. He's like, well, I'm going to go wash my loincloth down at the creek. And we're going to go and see if we can get a hayride over to Malcolm's field to pick some corn. I love corn, even though I don't have a mouth. <laughs> I do have a mouth. It's just not in the place that you'd assume it is. <laughs> I don't want to assume my, my reproductive or my, uh, my system works backwards. <laughs> so that, that, that was to no offense to my West Virginia friends out there. I'm from West in Pennsylvania and that's half of my family speaks like that and it's one and the same <laughs> shout out to Dave by the way snarl you <laughs> <laughs> you would not tell Dave's from West Virginia because he's so soft spoken with no accent whatsoever <laughs> you know nobody I know who lives in West Virginia has an accent really that I can think of you haven't spent a lot of time there <laughs> you haven't been deep enough into West Virginia you've been near the cities I'm just saying people <laughs> I know who live there out the, the Pittsburgh accent too you know 
we're young's going downtown see Donnie ours. Well, I grew up in Tennessee, so when we first moved to Tennessee from New York, uh, hearing people's accents was alarming to me. And I actually, fun story, totally side story here. Um, second grade, I'm in class, and uh, the teacher asks a question, and I raise my hand because I know the answer, and the answer was 10. And so I said 10, and everyone in class started making fun of me for saying the word 10 correctly. You didn't say teen. <laughs> Because I didn't say tin. And so that's when I stood up in class and I told the entire classroom, I said, tin, ten, and tan are three different words with three different spellings and three different pronunciations. While we're on the subject, pin, pen, and pan, three different words, three different spellings, and three different pronunciations. And I sat back down and needless to say, I wasn't super popular in the second grade. <laughs> but but I was right. Lisa was threatening it and then rolled down the hallway after that class. <laughs> So I also got in trouble my first day in second grade in PE class because the teacher asked me a question. And I said, yeah. And she's like, what? I was like, yes. She's like, yes, what? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, and everyone in class starts yelling, say ma'am, say ma'am. And I'm just like, huh? I was like, um, ma'am. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know this word. Can we? <laughs> and yeah, I I got in trouble my first day of school for not saying ma'am. And it was a word I had never heard before. So yeah, moving to the South in the second grade was rough. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk so polite in the North. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, like those robots. Hey, fucker. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, you call someone ma'am in New York, you're likely to get punched. So... Yeah, because it's going to get assumed to be something rude. Like, I mean, right? even in Michigan, like, I use stuff like that. It, like, people kind of, like, look at you funny when you say, like, sir and ma'am and stuff. And, I mean, even okay. speaking of accents, too, I don't even realize it, obviously, because I live in Michigan. But when I go to other states, people are like, you're from Michigan. And I'm like, how can you tell? They're like, you're super nasally. Like, Michiganders talk a specific way. And I guess there's a certain way that we pronounce vowels that I don't even pick up on. But the best way to always know a Michigander is that you ask them uh, what their name for a carbonated beverage is. And they're going to say pop. <laughs> and funny story about that, because Joe brought up Fago. The only reason why Michiganders call pop pop is because Fago released Fago Red Pop. And then everybody started calling it pop after that. Interesting. So when we moved to Tennessee, another thing was they call all soda Coke. <laughs> so you'd go somewhere and I'd order a Coke and they'd be like, what kind? I'm like, Coke. Coca-Cola? Like, <laughs> they're like, well, do you want like Sprite or Dr. Pepper? I was like, Coke. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or saying y'all when they're only talking about one person. Like, yeah, the South was scary to me. I did not enjoy that when I was young because people talked crazy and I didn't understand. We have the, the battle between sub and hoagie and also soda and pop mm. see i've always i prefer now i've been trying to say soda just so that when i go to other places people won't pick up on the fact that i'm a michigander but it happens it slips we call it pop uh i think there's another like few ran oh yeah everybody from michigan ends things with s so like Meyer is like Myers, like the Meyer the grocery store. See, I'm already slipping and saying it, but Michiganders will call it Myers or like I'm going to Targets. Like you always had an S on the end of everything. <laughs> Jane, they do that here. Don't you worry. It happens a lot here. They, they'll also be like, are you going to hang out at the Joneses? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's literally that's a Michigander thing too. 
it's it must be just the dialect of where we live because we're almost almost touching we just got ohio in the middle <laughs> yeah yeah we just kind of went west my son because <laughs> you said you got the you got pop in your state too so you guys what is it like half the like, state calls it soda the other half calls it pop so there's just like it's a feud in the center different yeah different areas and just like different people it's it's usually more of the rural areas have the the pop thing going on and you know the same thing with like hoagie <laughs> like hoagie's a, a more rural thing you get into the city you have to be sophisticated and you're like excuse me sir could i have a soda with my sub please <laughs> See, I would have assumed that pop would have been an opposite thing, that it would have been the city people that use the word pop because they would have had access to Fago and stuff, and then the, the rural areas would have called it soda. It was totally the opposite of what I thought it would be. But the hoagie thing, totally get that. Usually you find the Fago at like the, the kind of hole-in-the-wall grocery stores around here. I've never even heard of Fago. So there's so much in Michigan. It's not even funny. Like any store you go to from a dollar store to a grocery store, like Figo's everywhere. But the problem with Figo is that there's two versions. There's the plastic bottle version, which tastes like cheap pop. And then they make the glass bottle version, which is like the old school style where they use like actual sugar, sugar in it instead of like high fructose corn syrup. So if I find I glass bottle Figo, I'm all over at it. Like Mexican restaurants. But Shane, there's also cans. I've, yeah, the, the cans are a whole other story. Everybody, Fourth of July. But I know at Mexican restaurants, like you were saying, Lisa, like they sell the Coke, like the Mexican Coke, and it has yeah. the uh, the real cane sugar. And I thought it was like because they had different standards as far as like what they put in their food goes. But somebody made a really good point to me here. So in America, we use high fructose corn syrup because that's like our extra byproduct that we're just trying to stick it somewhere. As far as... Mm-hmm. In Mexico goes, the reason why they don't use high fructose corn syrup is because the cartels run the sugar trade. So the cartels want sugar and everything. So they don't have high fructose corn syrup because the cartels aren't making money off of that. They use real cane sugar because they make money. But in turn, everybody's like, oh, it's a better product. They have higher standards for their food. No, they just have cartels running everything. <laughs> I'm weird. I don't, I don't feel soda from a bottle, like a glass bottle. I don't feel it. It always feels like I'm going to break my teeth or something. I don't know. Like, give me. You must drink very aggressively. Yeah, just. (laughs) (laughs) I bite the top off. I don't even unscrew it. (laughs) Wait, they twist off? What? (laughs) See, I've always preferred glass bottles because I feel like it holds the flavor. Like, cans and bottles, they like absorb some of the flavor. I feel like no matter what kind of pop you get, it always tastes better out of a glass bottle because it doesn't have like all the other stuff that's in the container like absorbing into the liquid itself yes but then it still has the uv rays yeah you're not wrong just all together pop and see i did again soda isn't good for you but i haven't drank soda since 2004 maybe 2005 at all you didn't even try one of the cryptid ones yet oh i did i did at a mothman try one of ben's watermelon soda oh yeah Ooh. I thought this was good it was kind of fiery a little spicy it was so sweet yeah. man i wish i would have grabbed that one i didn't even see that i grabbed the but, few of his root beers those things are amazing i wish i would have grabbed like six more of those things yeah i got a couple i have all the cryptid sodas but i haven't drank any of them hey better for displaying them. Bottles. Yeah, they're just all on my shelf. I posted actually on Instagram the other day. I posted a video of like the entryway into my office with some of my collectibles, and they're all in there. There's tons of weird shit in there. So yeah, all my beer cans and 
Do you have a squonk tears? Because I got one of your squonk tears in my cabinet. <laughs> oh, the squonk tears soda or the squonk tears water? Oh, there's a soda? I only have the water. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do a soda. Um, the Mythic Pizza place does soda. Uh, squonk tears, too. But yeah, the water bottles are mine. I didn't even know they had that many. I only have four of them. I got the uh, Sarsaparilla Sasquatch, uh, oh, the have- Jersey Devil Ginger Ale, the... Um, Jackalope root beer and then the Loveland Frogs lemonade. Oh, see, I have every single one because of Dave, so he got them all for me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You gotta have Dave bring you some for a show. Dude, I'm literally, after we get off, I'm gonna shoot him a message and say, there's more cryptid sodas that I was not aware of. Will you bring them for me? <laughs> You're like, Lisa told me you gave her all of them? <laughs> Why can't I have all of them? <laughs> Yeah, he me. brought me all of them, and uh, recently they did a Snarly Yow, which he brought me, uh, and it is still in Tennessee, but the rest of them are here. See, what flavor is that one? I don't remember. It's red color, though. It's really pretty. I would have associated mm-hmm. with, like, a black licorice, maybe. I don't know why, but... Black, or it should be, um, like, blackberry. That's what I'd say. Ooh, that would have been a good one, too. I don't think it is. <laughs> say red what would that even be maybe like uh like a strawberry pop i don't know i feel like yeah they it probably is delicious don't get me wrong but missed opportunity in the aspect of like blackberry soda that would have been amazing well they're yeah. got black fago out there you should know this they yes they do but it's fago and fago is a different thing for michiganders because it's so prevalent in our area that anywhere else may see it as like a specialty pop but we're like oh that's that cheap pop <laughs> You're in the Holy Land, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> See, we get all the special flavors before anybody else does, and we don't even appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I have to special order some random flavors when they do the specialty. And I lucked out and found the candy apple at a local store that they've been stocking for about a couple of years now. And that's one of my favorites. It was one of mine. There, they had a candy apple or some kind of apple when I was a kid, and I could never find it for decades. Then we finally got that inside loaded up. Dude, that's a prevalent flavor here. You, you miss an opportunity, too. You forget I'm from Michigan. So, like, if you ever want some Fago, man, I can go to the gas station and send you a picture. They have a whole case full of different flavors. And you can just take your pick. Yes. Yes, please. Because uh, what was the other weird one that I drink all the time? They have a peach one. That one's really good. And then they have a pineapple yep. upside down cake flavor oh, one. I used to like peach soda when I was a kid. I don't remember they the brand. Cotton but... candy is one of the ones around here that I can find. Hmm. That was one of the really like good ones. Them. Their Hona tea is pretty good, too. I like the iced tea. See, they have like 10 or 20 different flavors of that even at every gas station out here. I, I get regular and die. 
You got to come up to Michigan and just stock yourself up. Problem is you're going to go into one uh, gas station and you're going to spend a small fortune and it's all going to be on dollar drinks. <laughs> I'll just go do a show just to support my Fago habit. There you go. <laughs> See, that's the other thing I was going to ask. What, what do they charge for those everywhere else? Because in Michigan, at least they're like a dollar. I think that they were a dollar, like a dollar 10 for the, what are they? 24 ounces. Oh, so they're not ripping you off at least. I've heard a few people where they'll go to like specialty like restaurants and they'll have Fago and they'll be charging like $5 for them. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I I mean, hell, I get charged $5 for a cup of coffee anymore at a restaurant. So, yeah. At least you get refills though. Yeah. I was somewhere recently and I had unsweetened iced tea and she came and refilled my cup. And then at the end of the meal, gave me my bill, and she charged me for two. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, like, hell no. It didn't even come with sugar, and it wasn't even sweet tea? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? No, I don't drink sweet tea. Ugh. No, I like my tea unsweetened. But the fact that she charged me for the second one, and I was like, I didn't even ask for that. You just refilled my cup. They tricked you. They, they always get you on that shit. Speaking of yeah. sweet tea, I've been obsessively drinking sweet tea since I came to Pennsylvania. Because I found Milo's out there. And I've been buying the extra sweet tea and there's only certain stores that sell it in Michigan, but I found it at every one of those. I don't even know how to, I'm assuming it's sheets all yeah. over the place yeah. in Pennsylvania. So I like stocked up before I got home thinking I wouldn't be able to find it here. And then I found it at the grocery store. They sell it in big gallons, but they don't sell the extra sweet. So I'm like, when I find the extra sweet, I'll buy all those things up real quick, but go to Pennsylvania and they're fucking everywhere. Shane, now I've, that was another problem I had when I moved to the South was ordering iced tea and they give me sweet tea, which I had never had before. And I was like, what is wrong with this? This is not tea. They're like, yeah, it's, that's iced tea. I was like, no, no. See, I'll drink Walmart, like a gallon of that a day. I, I'm kind of gross about my sweet tea. <laughs> Walmart general sell Milo's too. So make sure you check your local facilities. I don't know how Walmart is in your state, but ice cream and cake. I don't like my sugar in my drinks. See, I prefer sugar in drinks and not sweets because it messes with my teeth. But I don't know how Walmarts are in your guys' state, but the Walmarts in Michigan, at least in my area, it's like you can go to Walmart, but there's a good chance you might get shot in the process. I mean, (laughs) I think that's pretty much anywhere at this point. Usually (laughs) a couple times a week, there's some police cars outside our local one, but it's just for protection. (laughs) <laughs> the one that I live next to, like literally like a half mile down the street, it's like at least once a week somebody got shot in that parking lot. So I don't even go anywhere near that parking lot. <laughs> um, there was the town I was living in in Washington for a while, the grocery store we went to, the Winco, there was someone shot inside the store. Walmart's just Bring breed weird people. Have you ever been? Okay, so Walmart's weird during the day, but have you guys ever been to Walmart in the middle of the night? Like there's, there's some creatures there. You guys want to talk about some cryptids. You'll find some cryptids at Walmart <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. They used to be open twenty four seven, and we used to go hang out after we after the mall would close. You know, when I was in high school, and just kind of wander around for a couple hours in Walmart doing nothing but, you know, being hood rats. You can go squatch on that Walmart. I guarantee you'll find a couple squatches each time you go there. Probably <laughs> hiding. In, they live in behind the toilet paper stock. That's actually happened a few times. <laughs> That's where all the the Sasquatches have been hiding. Everybody's looking out in the woods for them. They've gotten smart. They're not doing that anymore. They're hiding in Walmarts because they know people don't fuck with Walmart at night. So they just hide in the toilet paper racks and they have every supply they could possibly need. And they can enter in like the coolers <laughs> from outside. 
And it covers up their smell, too, because Walmart already smells funky. So you're not going to smell a skunk ape or any type of Sasquatch smell in Walmart. It's covered up. <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> so uh, speaking about cryptids, of course, we got to talk about Squonkapalooza. We got to talk about this year, how everything went for you guys, how you guys got everything together. And then we got to talk about your guys' plans that you might have for next year as far as Squonkapalooza goes. Well, so this year it went amazing. We were so pleased with the turnout, like making an event, hosting an event. It's a lot of freaking work. And a couple weeks before we were talking about how this is a one and done. We're not going to do it again. It was a lot of stress and we were having trouble getting food trucks. We were having trouble getting entertainment and, you know, all these things that we were struggling to get. And, then i mean a couple days before the event we had a bunch of food trucks sign up just a couple days before the night before i had a food truck contact me like we still want to come and i'm like oh my god i've been trying to pin you guys down for months like are you kidding me now so we ended up with a lot of food trucks there uh we ended up with good entertainment and everything fell into place and everything ended up going really well but it was a lot of trials and tribulations to get there and I mean, neither of us had hosted an event before, so it was it was new territory, but we luckily we worked really well together and made it happen. But when we saw how the event went, I immediately knew we were going to do it again. Even just like connecting with everybody, so too. Good. Like everybody yeah. just made new friends there. It was great. You needed some time off to kind of... I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, this is happening again, but I was letting it up to her because with her travel schedule and the, the amount of stress on her for her side of things. It's like, I'm local, so I can go, you know, boots on the ground and do that stuff here. But she's dealing with the vendors and the speakers and the website stuff and the, you know, getting payments from people and getting paperwork from people. So I kind of let her kind of go with it, but if she wasn't going to do it, it was highly unlikely. I'm not going to try this myself. Yeah, but it went really, really well. And we got a lot of good press and people were already talking about how it was an annual event and all of this, like it's, it's interesting to uh, kind of see the aftermath of the event and see, you know, all the press that we got and watch videos on YouTube and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, all right. I'm like, cause you know, during the event, I was running around like a crazy person, uh, mostly, uh, you know, giving water to vendors, checking in on people, making sure everyone was doing good, you know, and trying to handle things. But, you know, throughout the day, I didn't really, like, I knew that my booth did really well, but I didn't know how everyone else really did. But when I was checking in with people and they're like, oh my God, this has been a screw. I'll totally sign up again next year. I was like, all right, I'm feeling good about this feeling like we you know did something good and the vendors all seemed happy from what i could tell no one no one voiced any complaints to me um i do wish that more people had gone to see the speakers which is something we know now that we need to work on for next year is making that a little more visible um and things like that we'll work on that um that gazebo but, probably would have been a great spot to set up maybe next year if it's in the same place because that was like dead center everybody was looking up there Right, right. And we did did utilize the gazebo for a lot of things throughout the day. We did children's story hour and the compliment contest in there and things like that. But yeah, um, having access to the state theater, which is such a great theater, 
I mean, I didn't even get a chance to go in there, but I saw photos of it and it's just amazing. And so having that available to us is kind of great, but we needed more signage, directing people down there. We should have been making announcements of the speakers and things. Um, So there are things to work on. I also think there's a spot in the coffee shop that would have been good, but we did the D&D thing over there. And But yeah, I mean, there was so much going on throughout the day. And I think we learned a little bit about what works, what doesn't. And I think, you know, me really wanting to do a bunch of like games and stuff. Nobody really utilized that. The make and take craft tables. No one was really utilizing those. So I think we can cut that out for next year and focus more on the things that did work and making, you know, speakers more visible and focus more in on that. So, but I would say for a first year event, it went so good. I mean, financially speaking, it was my second best event ever after Mothman Festival. So, and nothing's ever going to beat Mothman Festival. (laughs) Hey, I mean, if you got more people signing up next year too, going up to that theater, you might even be able to block off more space and you can just have vendors going all the way up to the theater. Right. That is also something like we definitely, I mean... I don't want to have too many vendors because I want all of our vendors to be able to make money. And I I think if we have too many, I, my fear is that the money will get spread too thin and, you know, people won't feel as good about it. Um, So I don't want too many, but we could stand to have like 10 more um, and go down that street, have, you know, spread out on the streets and stuff instead of just in the park. I mean, this is all stuff we need to talk about and figure out what we want to do and how it's going to work. And yeah, but I'm really happy with our first squonk of Lusa. So, yeah, you guys killed it. I had a lot of fun. My kids had a lot of fun and I, I just like having excuses to travel. So that was the first time I went to Pennsylvania. So that was also a lot of fun. Got to meet some new people there, like Dave, for example. So like just a cool thing just to throw back at you guys, just because you guys probably don't even realize necessarily how much like connections you did for everything. Like if I never vended that event, I would have never met Dave and now I wouldn't have my opportunity to do my first speaking event if that didn't happen. So like you guys That's opened awesome. doors for a lot of people and that are down the path that you, you know may not even be spoke of like that. You guys probably don't even realize how many people you've actually connected through that. Well, like, oh, good. With, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. With Dave, Dave's come back for another show after Squonkapalooza. He said he loves the, he has a, a favorite food place. One of our vendors was CK Wings and Things. And he come back and did the uh, Cryptid Paranormal show at the Masonic Temple a couple weeks ago. And he's just asking like, hey, what other shows you got going on? We doing Squonkapalooza again. And he's like, I'll be back in a minute. So that's one of the things I enjoy with shows too, is you some shows you might not think you'll make or you don't make financially what you expect out of it, but it's that one connection, that one person that's going to contact you and say, Hey dude, can I, you know, get you to do a shirt for me? Or, Hey, you want to be on my, or I got another show coming. Can you help me out with it? Or give me some speaker contacts. And, you know, that's kind of a little bit of the things like you said, they're under sites. You don't see it. And when we're hosting a show, it's just, I've been telling people it's like an out of body experience because (laughs) I could picture myself, (laughs) body in different locations but i don't remember much about it yeah yeah say i've had like i did a show in baltimore just this weekend and two of our squonkapalooza vendors were there star cruiser studios and fish inc and they come over and we were talking about squonkapalooza and they're excited for it hoping we do it again and i've been out places here where i'm just sitting at dinner with my wife and 
someone comes over like I knew from before and like, Hey, I didn't get to come to school in Kapalooza. How'd it go? And so people were just still talking about it everywhere. <laughs> and then and the vibe about it, I, so many people said about how fun the vibe was, how accepting that everyone was and to have something in the community like that, no matter what it was just to come and do and have yeah. fun and, free for everyone to come and just walk around and check things out and look at the vendors and the speakers and the gaming and whatever. Yeah, the community seems so appreciative of us. And I was chatting with uh, an older woman at the coffee shop who had never heard of a squonk before that, uh, but she had seen postings uh, about our event. And so she started promoting it on her Facebook page weeks before the event, even though she didn't really know anything about the squonk. And mm. so, uh, and, I, I happened to hear her mention that she doesn't know what a squonk is. I was like, oh, well, let me tell you all about Funny story. <laughs> and so we just had a really great conversation. She's local in the community and really loved what we were doing. And so it's really nice to hear that kind of feedback from someone who isn't in the cryptic community, doesn't know what this stuff is, and just loves it because they're local there and they crave having fun events like that. And that locals came out who didn't know. Like that nope. made me happy. There were a lot of people I seen on some random Johnstown uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that, that pretty much were like, Hey, we, we found about out about this leading up to it. We had no idea what the squonk was. We don't know cryptids, but they're just like after the turnout, they're like, this was such a great event. Like we walked around and people were having fun and they're just like, the city needs more of this stuff. Yeah. So I'd like to see the park filled all the time. Kind of the same thing I've been saying, like, it's there. The space is there to do things. And a lot of the stores downtown said we had one of our best days in a long time. And it was just a fun turnout. I mean, you guys brought a whole new life to the Squonk in general, too. Because, I mean, even like internationally speaking, too, you know, that event was localized to Pennsylvania. But like I did a Squonk episode after that and talked about Squonkapalooza. There's a few other podcasts that did it. So even like internationally speaking, like the squonk has been brought back into the forefront because of you guys throwing this event now where now it's like, was kind of one of those cryptids that, you know, give it another 20 years and it kind of might fall into like the wayside and be one of those uncommonly known cryptids. But thanks to this event and a bunch of people talking about it again, it's kind of spiked it back up where uh, it's like one of the more known ones. It was so fun at Mothman, like people coming to my booth and they're like, oh my God, it's so cool to see the squonk represented. I'm like, I'm the only reason you know what a squonk is. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lisa and I have been promoting it since two years ago at Hodag Festival when we were just, we yeah. had our meeting and when we decided on it, we were just telling people at shows before we had any handouts or anything, just, hey, we're right. hoping it's going it to happen. And it like everyone, there were people that said, Hey, I saw you at, you know, whatever show it was, one of my earliest shows, like you were talking about this happening and we were following along and we came out to it. So I know that there were people that were affected by that. that oh, made travel I had a couple come and, out from Colorado to the yeah. event. They met me at an event out here and uh, I told them about it and they came out. I mean, even some of our vendors from Massachusetts, Connecticut, Shane, you from Michigan and West Virginia, Ohio, like there was people yeah. from and I I'm like, this is awesome. It's also a lot of local artists and vendors that we tried to mix in with everything because that community is still pretty vibrant around here. It's just not, you know, on that above ground level. It's an underground kind of counterculture that's still there. But we, you know, I'm part of it and I knew, hey, if we throw this out in the forefront, it's going to bring in more people no matter what. 
but it's also going to shed light on these local, you know, metaphysicals or any of the wicked stuff. Like it's all kind of come together. A lot of the UFO culture around here. And that's what was fun about it. See everyone kind of come together, have fun, the variety of vendors, the variety of attendees, the vibe. And, and after the fact, just kind of like, I don't want to seem too cocky about it, but just like basking in the glow of this thing we put together and, people are still talking about it and still smiling when they hear the song. Yeah. It feels really good. Like, I mean, I'm very proud of us. And it was one of those things like having Brandy there, especially was important to me because she doesn't, you know, come to a lot of these, she's come to a couple events with me, but she doesn't do a lot of these. And for her to see me kind of, that was like my moment to shine. And like for her being a musician on stage is her, her time to shine. And I'm, been to a bunch of her shows and seen that but i think she saw me in my element and was like oh wow and so having someone that close to me who's known me for so long because she's known me for 24 years 24 years holy crap we're old (laughs) but we've known each other for so long now and so for her to see me kind of putting on my show and she's like damn girl she's like i'm so proud of you and it was it was really nice and I wish that more of my you know family and friends had been there but I I was so happy with how it came together and all of our hard work really did like create this amazing thing also without our friends you know putting their efforts into helping with everything like my friends yeah. in the that have been good friends for a long time and my friends from uh, like Lynn and Steph and whatnot. Yeah, like your that. friends really stepped up and helped us so much and did so many things for us. Were they, they the just, ones that I met at the bowling alley? And then also was your friend, the other, the other person that I met at the bowling alley too, that you were talking about the musician. Huh? Uh, right before you guys were about to leave, uh, <laughs> Joe, you were sitting at the table and you were sitting with all your friends. Yeah. Were those the ones you're talking yeah. about? And then Lisa, yeah. when you, when I said my yeah. bias to you before you're about to leave, you're standing with another yeah. woman. Was that the one that you're yeah, referring that was- to? That was Brandy, yeah. Okay, so I did meet her then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, like, without them, again, they were ones even behind the scenes that were there with us 5.30 in the morning putting up barricades and uh-huh. helping plant, donating their work for, like, squonk ears and, you know, yeah. some squonk tears that they did. And, and my friends in Sentinels Keep Gaming Society that ran the, the squonk quest. And, oh, the squonk quest went great. People were really into that. And, Speaking you know, of that. just... <laughs> Again, to have yeah. and count on my friends from Sci Fi Valley Con that came out and were there and helping helping run the merch booth while me and Lisa were in the middle of our craziness. Yeah. Just like and, out of, and the Girl Scouts help. coming out and helping. Yep. Yeah, we had a lot of help. You got it. You you can't do it alone and ever forever thankful for them helping out and you know, donating their time and effort and abilities and everything and, and they're all excited to do it again next year. So Good, good. I'm glad people are still excited for next year and not like, oh my God, we're not doing dealing with those crazy people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, crazy I'm in a good way. We're we're all a little crazy. There's but... like ten emails the week of being like, hey, oh, yeah. no, do this, and oh my God, I'm so sorry. And everyone's yeah. like, no, no, the communication was fine. <laughs> no, coming from the vendor side, that was great because usually a lot of the time when you try to vend conventions, it's like you don't get a lot of info. You have like questions, but you kind of don't want to ask them. It was nice yeah. that you were one of the first that I went to Ven that I didn't even have to ask the questions because you're already answering them before I even like 
went to ask them. As, like that was awesome. As a vendor, I understand the frustration of not having the information and not being able to get the information and the anxiety that I get every time I go to a new event because I don't know where to set up, who to talk to and things like that because I've gotten no info. So I really, that was a big point as I, I, I took all of my experience, all of my negative experience at events to, uh, you know, really point out to me the things that I want to do right. And I think, you know, that helped as, as event hosts that we are vendors like first. Talk about nice. I rolled up and I'm like, I don't know where to set up exactly. And then I turned my head and Joe was standing right there and he's like, actually right there. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I was like literally parked right in front of it. (laughs) That Lisa included was just the pictures of us that, Hey, here's what we look like. If you need us, get a hold of us, find us roaming around. You can't miss us. So, and a lot of people think about that and said that was so helpful because even though they, didn't need us if they did they saw us walking around and they put faces the who to contact or who to get a hold of or whatever and and i tried to check in with all the vendors during the day and go over and give people water and things like that which the water was donated by one of our vendors bedlam boy um he brought in four cases of water for all of our vendors so i wheeled it around and passed it out throughout the day made sure kept everyone hydrated and See, I appreciated that because I was standing right by the snow cone vendor and I bought way too many damn snow cones, but that water was a nice break from the snow cones. <laughs> I don't even think I saw the snow cone. Dean, I'll have to stock you up with Fago next time. Ooh, yeah, I'll stock you up with Fago. <laughs> oh, man. Did you hear that Ben tried to uh, order us drinks from the coffee shop there and have them sent over to us during the event? He tried no, to order what? But he couldn't get a hold of anyone because they were so freaking busy all day. They weren't answering their phone. <laughs> But he tried to call all day long to have drinks sent over for us. Oh, geez, that's crazy. I had Brandy got drinks. I got Brandy some drinks and Nicole and yeah. Jason drinks. And like we were just like sharing drinks all or, all day. But one of the fun little things about the coffee shop, the right coffee shop that was uh, our official coffee vendor is that going in there and talking to the girls, you know, they're they're in college. They're um, lit students and whatever. That's their part-time job but they they thanked us when i went in a few times they thanked us just like we thank you so much for this event because these tips are amazing yeah and as two poor college girls thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, that was also my bathroom for the day i kept running yeah. to use the bathroom but it was just to, sh- to see that business like they're gonna make money off of it it helped them whatever they needed to do for expenses or whatever just to put that injection of business into them on a day that they really wouldn't have much happening. And right. For all of the, I mean, to help the town in general, like, I mean, we really did bring a lot of economy to all like local businesses that were open that day. And I mean, vendors went out and spent money at at restaurants the night before. And so I think uh, in general, like it's great for the community to have these things. Yeah, I agree. Even that after party afterwards too, like hanging out at the bowling alley and stuff like that, that was just as much fun as the event too. Cause it's like you're vending, obviously you're busy all day doing your thing, but that was like a nice way to be able to actually get to talk to all the other vendors and stuff. Because a lot of, a lot of like events you go to, it's like you do the event and the after party is like unorganized in the aspect of it's just the vendors being like, Hey, we should all get together afterwards. I thought it was nice that you guys actually like preset that up for everybody. So it was already there. Like that, that was a huge, nice change of pace too. 
Yeah, that yeah, was something. And, oh, my at Sci-Fi Valley Con, they have an after party at the bowling alley that's outside in Altoona nearby. And he's done that for, I don't know, eight, nine years or so. And I kind of took that idea from him because we have a great bowling alley arcade right in our backyard. Like, it's a perfect opportunity to host a bunch of people to come hang out. So he... I, he inspired that idea and just kind of went with it and people seem to have fun. Yeah. I didn't stay at the after party too long cause I was just exhausted, but you know. yeah, I had a morning too, so I couldn't stay too long. <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I'm glad I came out. I wish I had been able to hang out longer. I wish I hadn't been, you know, so exhausted, but we were at the park at like five in the morning setting up stuff and getting everything ready. So I was, I was a tuckered little bunny and I hadn't eaten all day until Ooh. getting to the bowling alley. And Same. so our, our entertainers, uh, the hula hoopers, uh, they were sitting at the bar when I got there and, uh, they knew that I hadn't eaten all day and just like handed me food. They were like, here, <laughs> can eat. They were so nice. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, they gave Brandy and I uh, some pizza and some, uh, I don't know, some kind of pretzel appetizer thing. They were like, here, eat. Oh, we were like, thank you. Because neither of us had eaten anything all day. I'm sure if the vendors would have known that, every one of the vendors, you would have had, like, random food coming up to you all day. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my got two pizza for me and my wife. And I, I can't remember the time. It was probably like one. And I went back to the booth and we were so busy. I was just bouncing around. And I, I think I ate all of my piece of pizza. And then I don't remember the rest of the eight hours until about seven o'clock when she's just like, hey, you didn't eat your pizza. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh. So I was eating cold pizza sitting on the gazebo at like seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the whole not eating all day. Like, it occurred to me a few times throughout the day. I was like, oh, my God, we haven't eaten anything yet. And then we just get busy again and be like, okay, I guess we're not eating now. Because uh, I kept, you know, asking Brandy. I was like, we should probably eat something, right? And she's like, probably. And then we'd get so busy, we just didn't. Dude, I completely forgot to eat. And I got to give a shout out to Kevin from where the weird ones are. If it wasn't for him coming to that event, he drove all the way down from Maine to come and, like, we hadn't met each other in person. He wanted to come to this event and everything. If it wasn't for him coming, I probably wouldn't have eaten because he was like, have you eaten today? I'm like, no, dude, I've been busy doing this stuff. And he's like, he came back like 10 minutes later with a sandwich and it was amazing. Nice. So shout out to him for being awesome on that aspect too. <laughs> yeah, so you forget to eat, go to the bathroom, breathe. So it's, it's right. Great. <laughs> yeah. When you're that busy, it's hard. And thank God I had Brandy with me. Um, I mean, it's like Mothman Festival. I can't do it alone. I need someone else there because we're so busy but i felt that same way about squonk but also i was one of the hosts so i had other duties and things i had to do too so yeah i don't know what i was thinking thinking brandy was gonna get to play guitar and sing during the day <laughs> gonna have to get like three helpers and then she can d go Seriously. off when she needs to next year <laughs> yeah oh man she was such a trooper and thank goodness for her like i could not have done it without her and yeah <laughs> And speaking of next year, of course, uh, for anybody that might be interested in going next year, possibly vending next year, any of that, uh, do you guys have any info at all whatsoever for next year, other than maybe it's happening in the same place? Uh, we've been talking dates, potentially. Um, I mean, we're not certain. Nothing's pinned down, but we're thinking a little earlier in August. 
thinking it'll be, be a little bit less hot. Cause I remember yeah. it was cooking that day. <laughs> I really wanted to do it in October, but everyone said, no, that October is not a good month for everyone else. So, cause I was thinking the first week of October, which also would have the benefit of being able to advertise for it at Mothman festival. But yeah, that's not going to happen. So then you could put like a squonk Halloween spin too. do like squonks with like, you know, pumpkins on their heads, stuff like that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, the park, I think, they uh, they do a scarecrow setup with a whole bunch of local businesses that sponsor scarecrows, and then they have a big, huge, light up mm-hmm. LED display with music and everything. So that's kind of takes over the park for all of October. That yeah. then leaves Christmas tree coming up and all the other stuff that they do in the park there. It would be hard to get that in October at any point. In September. Right way too busy with any other event so we kind of like well it worked in in august so let's kind of make it earlier so some of our friends that are in education and and vendors and just attendees that don't have to worry about kids you know right because it was right at back to school time so we're i I know some of our parent friends weren't able to uh, make it out because of that um but i'm not sure if they'll be able to earlier in august or not but this so as soon as you guys get a date and everything set up, if you want, I can always repost on my page and stuff. And I'm hoping that, yeah. you know, hopefully you guys keep me in mind. I want to vet next year for sure. So at least well, you got one person grand. signed up. <laughs> and everyone should follow uh, on the Instagram at Squonkapalooza or Facebook Squonkapalooza, um, squonkapalooza.com. We will post all information as we come to it. And in the meantime, I'm posting cute pictures of, uh, the squonk roaming around town that uh i didn't get to post before or some of them i may have but yeah i've just been doing that as kind of filler to keep you know the page active um also uh if you go into it you can find the video of the squonk hula hooping which is the best thing ever (laughs) and i can always add the link to that down in the show description too so if anybody wants to keep tabs on squonk blues for next year then Absolutely. they can go right to the Instagram and uh, make sure they keep updated on it. And make sure they find that video of the squonk hula hooping because, again, best thing ever. I'll post a direct link for that specifically and post it as <laughs> squonk hula hooping. <laughs> some gifts all over so that people can share them on every you know social media Twitch. <laughs> How do we do that? Yeah, that should be easy to do. Yeah. Shit, I'll make it as part of the cover art for this episode actually. If I can get make like a still of the squonk hula hooping, I'll I'll make that part of the cover for the episode. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'm going to send a message out with the city here soon to verify with dates so that we can see what's available and just make sure there's something else that we don't know of that's happening and soon enough, I'm assuming we'll make a date announcement. Very soon. I'm yes. super excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, I've dropped it a few times because I keep joking about it, but I'm being kind of serious too. Hopefully, I can speak next year at your guys' event because that'd be awesome. I'd be totally into that. And I can tailor it to like whichever because I'd say I do, I do the squonk, but I feel like that might be too generic for the festival. So I'll come up with something really cool. Even if I cover the book itself that the squonk gets referenced in, I'll do something cool for you guys. Jane, I'm going to only have you here if you speak about nothing but Fago. I got it. I'll talk about the history of Fago progressing the through the Juggalo age of Fago. <laughs> but you've got to relate it somehow to the squonk. Does the squonk drink Fago? It could. I mean, <laughs> probably the closest I would say that would be squonk, squonkish. 
<laughs> the Squonk loves Fago. The Squonk's favorite beverage is the Fago, but nobody knows it because they just find the random bottles of Fago out in the woods, and they just think it's people littering. It's not people littering. It's the Squonk drinking it, but they just don't know where to put it afterwards because Squonks don't, they don't know what a garbage is. They just, they just drink their soda and leave. I think that the Squonk actually turns into, like, mountain mist. <laughs> <laughs> you find random bottles of full mountain mist or moon mist. Moon mist, that's what it is. Moon mist <laughs> out in the middle of uh, the Poconos. Just know it's a Squonk. Somebody it's contain that Squonk into that cup. The only way that you it. can save a Squonk isn't in a bag because they turn into a liquid. you got to save them in a Fago container. I got mine right here. Lisa, we're going to start selling Squonk containers in our emergency squonk, squonk. <laughs> liquefied squonk that's a good one <laughs> a lot of there were some people i got a liquefied squonk from someone and it had uh like a blue liquid in it with a couple of uh like i guess it was like a blue glitter glue maybe or something like that did um, you get it and it uh, had a couple of googly eyes in it <laughs> i was like oh that's fun did you get any of the squonk snot that uh geek foundry had the bubbles no i didn't i, I have two of them so i can hold you back one i didn't even I see got, all this random squonk stuff of, there that's that's great oh i like God, all the squonk jokes so much awesome squonk swag from the vendors thank you all oh. so much for gifting us all kinds of awesome things it was really really because nice. we couldn't we couldn't get to all of their booths to buy all their stuff and we're just like oh damn it we missed this we missed that and here at the end of the day they're just like yeah something i'm like whoa oh, the other day i was talking to uh dave hardy uh, about how i really wanted to get one of his squonk shirts but i i missed my chance because i was crazy busy he's like oh i'll send you one so he's sending me one i'm like oh thank I you out on get cryptid clyde squonk shirt if he still has any i think it's oh, like oh yeah cry day yeah i didn't get two. that's really cute what was he who's the one that made that pink one that was like uh i don't even remember what yeah that was dave hardy that's that the one yep yeah yeah, yeah, that I got, was awesome. I went over, I was talking to him a good bit, and I'm like, yeah, I want to get the Squonk shirt. And he's like, it's yours. I'm like, well, do you want to trade or something? He's like, nope, this event's awesome. It's yours. I'm like, Yeah, that's, oh. when, when he told me he'd send me one, I'm like, oh, I'll Venmo you. He's like, no, no, this is a thank you for having such an awesome event. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I've known Dave for a bit. The first time I got to do a show with him, but I've seen him at some different shows around Pittsburgh and follow him on social media. I've talked to him a few times. Dave is just awesome all around. Yeah, he, he <laughs> seems really great. I uh, worked with him on a shirt for uh, Cryptic Crate that actually just came out also. Yeah. Uh, he did a bat squatch for us. Bat. What was funny is he was messaging us about Squonkapalooza at the same time he was messaging about <laughs> Cryptic Crate stuff to two different accounts, and I'm talking to him on both, but he had no idea until yeah, the did. day of squonkapalooza when i told him <laughs> i am both like going back and forth on this and he's like and then all of a sudden i'm like wait cryptid comfort let's lisa like wait you do the crate too like you're doing squonkapalooza wait i didn't even realize till just now you do the cryptid crate i i am one of the curators for it oh i had so. no idea you were the one of the ones running that i knew that you guys were both yeah. associated with it but i didn't know that you're like one of the ones actually running it uh, so I, I, I'm not one of the owners. Um, I'm just a curator. I'm hired help. Uh, so it started off doing the junior crate. I, uh, I teamed up with them on the junior crate. That is a, kind of a partnership uh, between me and Cryptic Crate. Uh, and the idea was that it would be my stuffies in every single junior crate. Now we've scaled that back to every other month, but I do some other product every other month now. Um, I just couldn't keep up 
with making that many stuffies all the time. Um, but then after about a year of doing that, they asked me if I wanted to start curating the regular crate too. So I've been doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even know that you were yeah. that far into it with that. I'm going to have to, uh, I've been wanting to get one of the uh, kids ones for my daughter, considering she's so into all this stuff, but I haven't been around to it yet, but I will definitely be getting some of those. Cause that's part of the reason why I started getting all the stuffies for my daughter is because she saw those and she loved them. So I was like, I want to at least get you some of these then. <laughs> Yeah, I just posted today, actually, a discount code on Instagram under Cryptic Crate uh, for 50% off first box of a subscription. So I'll have to keep that one in mind. And I'll actually, um, I'll actually, even if you want to, too, I'll even drop the link for Cryptic Crate down in there, too. So anybody that hears us talking about it, wants to check it out, they can go and check out the link for that one, too. Sweet. So um, I guess... Yeah, I might as well. I'll drop I'll drop the hula hoop, I'll drop Squonkapalooza, I'll drop Crypto Comforts, Crypto Theology, but that one's already always in my things. I'll make sure I get all of them included. <laughs> all the links. All of them in there. All the links. <laughs> so uh, I guess kind of starting to wrap up towards the end or so. Uh, before we start, you know, doing all the links and all that fun stuff, uh, I usually like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners, kind of leave everything on a high note. So, I mean, if both of you guys want to go, if, you, if only one of you guys want to go, uh, what, what are some words of wisdom that you might want to leave the listeners with? I got a word of wisdom actually stolen from someone else's words of wisdom at the end of their podcast. Uh, So this is from the Hidden Creatures podcast that I mentioned before. Uh, He would always end the podcast saying, there is and always has been a beauty in the unknown. Ain't that the truth? That's a good one. I'm going to throw out mine from a very obscure band and a song that kind of the lyrics always stuck with me as an artist, as a creative, it's pretty much goes creativity as a weapon used against the expectations of society. I dig that one too. Those are some awesome words of wisdom from both you guys bringing the heat. I like it. (laughs) Oh, speaking of that also, I know Joe, you didn't actually end up mentioning it, but I don't know if you're, you're talking about it that much yet, but you said you were working on a new comic book and I figured that this might be a good spot where if you want to just, Maybe give people a quick idea of something that they might be looking out for. And then also, Lisa, too, if you have anything new that you got coming out that you'd like to drop at the end that people might want to look out for, too. You guys are more than welcome to do so before we get into all the links. Okay. You you know that I have the Mothman Randy Savage kind of parody thing going on. but Oh, yeah. It's kind of in the brainstorming ideas and the outline ideas. I'm hoping that in the wintertime with my break that I will be able to focus some energy to it to get it going. But I'm looking to do a cryptid wrestling Alliance comic book. That's just goofy humor crossover characters, because I want to do like another influence for me. That's been in my mind is like, I want to do a squonk mania shirt. So I want to have squonk Hogan and a bunch of different like eighties and nineties kind of wrestling star parodies that just, throw out there I have and have to get that for brandy <laughs> so i don't know i don't know the point of it yet but i haven't focused the the story yet to see where i'm going to go with that but i'm hoping to do that's going to be my next kind of big project that's not cryptid t-shirt related and then i can pull things from there have a little bit of like maybe i can get lisa to make me some plushy belts with the cryptid wrestling alliance in the future <laughs> see i remember seeing you dropped like a stuffy or something right that like that for the mothman one right yeah, I just put those together for Mothman Festival. I did a limited run of them, and I only have one of them left as of now. So we're kind of gauging, do I want to kind of bring more of those? I, I did 
the t-shirts for the first time at mothman festival and obviously it's hard to gauge this mothman festival because i sold out of every shirt i had um so i did a reprint of the Rand- the mothman randy savage shirts and sold out about half of them at my last show so that's kind of a popular seller now same with the posters i sold out of all my posters that i reprinted so mm-hmm. it seems to be a pretty fun idea that people were latching on to and enjoying getting a chuckle out of it because you know me I, the visual puns are my thing too mm-hmm. so a big wrestling fan growing up in the 80s and 90s it's definitely one of those uh you know you say you have those kind of i guess what do they say it's like you don't want to admit that you like these things but i always kind of wore it on my sleeve i was a big goofy wrestling fan just because of the drama of it and the characters of it were like superheroes in the 80s and such so kind of like i said just see where it goes put it out there find a point to it have fun with yeah. it i look forward to seeing that yeah same here and then uh lisa do you have anything uh new that you might have on the forefront that you want to drop and also don't forget to throw in your kickstart that you're starting back up again too for anybody that didn't catch it towards the beginning Yes, uh, so I am doing a dog toy now, a Mothman dog toy, which I've made some in the past that I handmade, um, but it's really hard to make dog toys because they've got to be durable, and, you know, dogs chew things. If, if you've ever met a dog, you might know that. <laughs> but So I'm outsourcing the dog toys, and uh, so I started a little Kickstarter to help fund it, um, I'm about halfway through right now. The Kickstarter runs till I believe November fourth or fifth. Um, so, got a few more days to uh, get on that. If you want to back my Kickstarter, you can uh, find. We'll we'll throw that link on there too. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm also just now starting on um, doing more dog stuff too. I'm doing dog bandanas coming soon. I just made one for my dog so far. Um, and it wasn't cryptid themed. It was, it was psycho, but you know, he looks good in it. He's a handsome boy. Um, (laughs) psycho as in the movie, right? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing some of those and I'm working on a new coloring book that'll be coming out. Hopefully, in the next six months at some point um it's a west virginia cryptid coloring book um yeah i'm working on a few new cryptid plushies but mostly right now i'm just filling orders for uh catching up on work that i've missed from being on the road for months (laughs) and just to throw it in there too for all the cat lovers i'm assuming you probably still have it up on your store you do have the uh the cat toys too also right Oh, yeah. My cat toys are one of my biggest sellers. So I do several different cat toys. I do a series of cryptic cat toys. I do the killer kitten catnip toys, which is serial killers and weapons. Um, And I just put up a brand new one, a ghost face. Oh, that's awesome. As as I'm sure you noticed, I'm a big Scream fan. Um, So, yeah, I started doing ghost face cat toy this week. So for any of the uh, audio listeners that haven't seen, she has been drinking out of a ghost face scream cup this whole show so just so they could throw that in there if they didn't catch that (laughs) (laughs) and then uh as far as links go of course i'm going to include them down in the show description but if you guys want to run through your guys links uh for anybody that's just catching it audio uh whoever wants to go first you're more than welcome 
I'll go. Uh, so cryptidcomforts.com, uh, which should have all my links, but my main account is my Instagram at cryptid underscore comforts. Um, that's where I, I put everything. So, yeah. And how about you, Joe? Cryptotheology.com and Cryptotheology on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram's my main account, usually more interactive on there, post stuff up on there, share it with Facebook. Uh, on my website, you can kind of when I do something, it goes directly to the website first. So any of my designs go to the website before I ever take them out on shows with me. So there's also dozens of other s- designs on there I haven't even printed yet. Uh, one of the ones I'm going to bring with me next year that I've had some requests because I've had posters of it is the Bigfoot versus Mothman fight poster, the battle mm-hmm. for supremacy. That was going to be, seems to be a request that'll be coming with my shows for next year. So there's stuff that's on there that's been on there for a few years, like Surf Squatch and random stuff that maybe I'll give it a go next year on top of some of my new designs. Just kind of changing it up, bringing some of the fun. See, I saw that you were, uh, just for something for people to look out for, you sent me like a rough sketch of it, so I don't want to give too much of it away, but you said that you were working on a Hopskin one. That, one, that one's going to be really, really cool. And then you just recently yeah. dropped that Jersey Devil one, which is really cool. And then the Snarly one was oh, pretty that cool. Really cool. So you got you got a bunch of new stuff coming out too. Same with you, Lisa. You guys are just always killing it, always creating new stuff, and I love seeing anything you guys drop. Thank you much. And uh, I appreciate you guys making the time to come on the show today. I appreciate you guys fu- coming together to finally do it. Um, I'm glad that we made this work, and it's been a fun show. Definitely. Well, thanks for having us on. Thank you, Shane. And I am definitely looking forward to Squonkapalooza next year. So if anybody wants to come and see all three of us in one place, Squonkapalooza, you better be there. <laughs> Lisa, what's our tagline that we've been kind of like making fun and throwing out there for the second Squonkapalooza? Do you remember? Squonkapalooza 2. Electric Squonka Zoo. <laughs> it's Squonktastic. <laughs> I mean, we talked about uh, if it was in October doing Squonktoberfest, but that got kick to the curb and that was actually uh, my friend chris uh texted that when we were at the event he texted that to brandy and that's why that even came into my mind so yeah (laughs) it's all stolen everything i do speaking of stolen you guys gotta do the billy madison one you guys gotta do a blue squonk and then put it squonktastic you guys remember that scene from billy madison where he draws the blue duck (laughs) i'm looking at me swan (laughs) stop looking at me squonk (laughs) <laughs> new idea yeah I, I i don't get the ref nope. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss it later i'll fill you in lisa <laughs> just gotta watch billy madison we got you you don't have Do to watch I'll, I'll give you the uh the brief synopsis of this part <laughs> that's all you need I mean, I did do the squonka there's no crying in baseball scene uh oh yeah i do that. the uh League of their own squonk yeah. of your own. <laughs> yeah. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it through word of mouth with a friend, or you guys can always leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five-star review, of course, I will give you guys a big shout out in the show and read your review on the show, of course. And uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it that you want to sponsor the show with your product that may relate to the show in some way, shape, or form, or you enjoy doing fan art, or you know you want to send me some random haunted object, or whatever, any of that kind of fun stuff, 
Uh, if you want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the form of media that I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email, of course. But uh, make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that I get from you guys. And, uh, Everything that I've mentioned is all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. But if you don't want to do it that way, you guys can always go to your URL, type it in at the very top of your web browser. It's going to be L-I-N-K-T-R period E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.